Brilliant, Siobhan, thank you so much. That was great, thank you. And if you've got a Bible either on your phone or in a hard copy in front of you, you might want to open that to uh, Mark chapter 2. But we're not going to look at it for just a few minutes because I'm going to just speak a little bit to us first. Oh gosh, you've got a great sun coming through um, tonight <laughs> upstairs. Um, if you don't know me, my name's Nicola. I'm the vicar here at the church, and it's so great to be with you this evening. We had a really, really busy day today at Christchurch because this morning we had our annual meeting across a couple of our morning services. And this is a Sunday in the year when we stop and we actually pause and we thank God for all the things that happened in 2020. And so it's kind of a bit weird because we're already in 2021 a bit. So you have to kind of go, what, what happened in 2020? But we go, oh, yeah, that's when we spent like most of the year in lockdown, right? So we can remember that year. Uh, but there was a lot to celebrate and a lot to thank God for. And so I just want to take a moment just in this service now just to kind of acknowledge that and to chat about that just really briefly together. So the first thing I want to say is... Um, if you're new to the Church of England, this word's going to be a little bit weird, but we have something called an electoral roll, and that's where we count um, people who say, yes, I come to Christ Church, this is a church I belong to, and this is my church. And so one of the things we have to do on this Sunday is sort of say, how many people say that? And you're allowed to say it if you're over the age of 16, and you come regularly to this church. Um, and so if you've not signed up for the electoral roll ever and you are coming to this church, you're very welcome to sign up and do come and talk to me afterwards. But we had 313 people on the electoral roll. We now have 325. So that's really exciting. We grew in 2020. Can you believe it? And that was after saying goodbye to lots of people that left London and moved on. So that was really exciting. And we read out the new people's names and we welcomed them. So that's the first thing we have to see. And I wanted to share that with you guys tonight as well. The second thing we did was we voted for our leadership team, which is called our PCC. And uh, we had lots of people standing on that. But the people in this congregation that are on the PCC are Amy. Is Amy around tonight? Yay, Amy's on the words at the back. We've also got Levi, who is playing on the keys. Hey, Levi. And Mark, who I think has got a really busy day today at work. So these guys stand on the leadership team as part of the church. So if you ever have anything you want to bring to them, any questions you want to ask them, and you're too scared to ask me, I'm not very scary, let's face it, you're probably going to come and ask me. But if you don't want to, you can ask them and, um, and get involved that way. So do be praying for them because they represent you in the decisions that we uh, make going forward. So do pray for them. And then finally, we just had a little reminder together of the importance of being involved in community. And there's a little bit of a cost to that, both in our time and our finance. But the more we give into the life of community, the more we get out of it. And that's always, always true. So just an encouragement, even though we're tired at this time, some of us need to kind of just really rest in Jesus right now, get our energy restored. But when the time sort of presses on and it's right, just to encourage you to keep pressing in and being involved in friendship and community life here in the church. 
If you're uh, new tonight, we have loads of small groups that happen, and it might be that's an obvious way to start getting to know a few people better. If you'd like to join a small group, do come and chat to me. But just committing regularly to one of our congregations is really helpful, and hanging out afterwards as well just helps build friendship, and that's really great. But also an encouragement to give. Now, in the church, we're not always that um, uh, brave and bold at saying it, but actually we need money like everything else. Uh, we've got these buildings to look after. We've got a staff team to pay. We've got things that we want to do for God, and it all costs money. And in the same way you pay your gym membership or whatever else, um, think about it if you're a regular member of the church to consider prayerfully what, what it might be right for you to start giving uh, regularly to the life of church. And I'd love to encourage you to consider a standing order, which means giving sort of monthly. And that way helps the church plan how much money comes in and how we can best then use it. I started in my early 20s um, with kind of what I might spend on coffee shop for the week, going, actually, I'm going to tithe that into church. And then as I started getting a proper salary, I began tithing that. And so I've continued, and it's become a lifelong habit. And sometimes it's just hard to get into that habit. It could be hard if you're, I know London living's really tough, and if you're right now just like hand to mouth a little bit, maybe just start with a five or a month if that's what you can give. That's amazing. And just start somewhere, start small, start realistic, and see what God does. On top of that, we do have a special appeal going on at the moment. So we are trying to raise some money to kit out uh, our PA system at St Albans Church and our screens. And at the end, we might show a video again just about, about that. But we'd love people to be praying and considering how you might give to that appeal especially. So do have a pray and a think about what's right there. So... There's loads to celebrate and loads that's happened this year. But the biggest, most important thing is I just want to say a huge thank you to every single person here tonight. It has been so amazing being church with you during the pandemic year. It was pretty tough and we didn't know how it was going to go. But there were so many beautiful things that came out of what was a really difficult time. We went online, we got creative, we phoned each other, we stayed in touch, we sent love gifts. We did all sorts of things to stay connected with one another and with God. And Lydia has wonderfully uh, put together a bit of a video of the year, so we're going to uh, play that now for us to watch.
kicked into the spot for running event for young people. Amen. 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 We received my present at Christmas from Christchurch. Not only were the goodies wonderful, but the bag that they'd been put in and the beautiful card that the young family had made. Well, I wanted to cry. I was so choked. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as the prophet to the nations. And to that, it was like a way of like God telling me like you were meant to be here. That's amazing. You are meant to be here. <laughs> a good year despite despite lots of difficulties god was active and the church remained alive and went largely online but as we gather back today and as we've been regathering slowly over the last couple of weeks and we'll continue to regather and build up again there's going to be time when we need to sort of rest and recover and just come to the feet of jesus and be refreshed in worship and it's going to take time for us over the coming months and we're going to hopefully try and provide really good space for that going forward there's going to be a couple of special services particularly designed to sort of help us process what has gone on over this t season of pandemic and what continues to go on as we look at um, things spreading around the world and different situations elsewhere too. But let's just pray as we just dive just for a few minutes into our passage tonight. Father, thank you so much for this church community here. Thank you for each and every person. And God, thank you for your word. And I just pray tonight as we look at it together that you'd speak to us, that you'd refresh us and revive us. Amen. So we're looking at a very familiar story. If you've been a Christian a while, you've been to Sunday school, be familiar anyway, of a miracle 
And basically what happens is some people have reached the end of their own resources, the end of their own strength, and they don't know what to do anymore, and so they've come to Jesus. And that can be quite familiar for us today to like kind of ignore Jesus until we've really reached the end of every other resource, everything else, and we're like, oh, well, better try Jesus then too. Um, and so they gather up their friend who's paralyzed, and in desperation, they, they kind of walk towards Jesus, but the crowd is so big around the home that Jesus is in that they have to climb up onto the roof and dig into the roof and lower their friend down on the mat. Have any of you guys been watching The Chosen at all? I don't know if anyone's been watching that, but um, it's brilliant if you haven't seen it. And there's a, a great depiction of this in one of the episodes. And they're scrabbling around, they get through, and the man lands in front of Jesus. And Jesus says in verse 5, I saw your faith. And he says to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. And the guy doesn't say anything in our text, but I can imagine he went, cheers, but that's not why I'm here. I'd quite like you to do that miracle thing that you do. And you see, right at the heart of this passage is Jesus telling us why he's really come and why he's really here. And you see, whatever presenting problem you think you have or think you might want to bring to Jesus, that's great. Bring it. But Jesus is always much more concerned with one other thing. And that is freeing you from your sin. And if that was Jesus' main ministry... For us as a church, I'd like to encourage us as we walk through 2021 to keep that also our main ministry. Our main ministry is about introducing people to Jesus who can free them from their sins. And you see, we don't like talking about sin very much because we'd rather go, well, I'm all right, thank you very much. But actually the truth of the gospel says, no, you're not. And no, no Nicola, you're not all right, actually. There's stuff all the time in you that it makes you and others around you and the world you live in a darker place because you are sinning. It was really interesting in our family this weekend, we were chatting a little bit about the situation in the world and we were um, reflecting on the news in India and we were sort of talking about the different vaccines and, um, and someone in our family said, you know, well, like we really should be sending the vaccines out now. We should be getting them out to other places in the world because like, it's just like, it's not fair, but like, everyone needs to get vaccinated and we should be giving more away. And, um, and I kind of ended up sort of saying, well, yeah, probably, but we're wired to self-preservation. We're wired to think primarily about ourselves. So when we get up in the morning, it's about how's my day gonna go rather than how's my neighbor's day gonna go. We're wired to this sort of more self-preservation, selfish, self-innerness. And as we're wired that kind of way, it seems so instinctive to us to behave that way. So often sin is birthed. As we fail to do what Jesus commands us, which is to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. 
So, you know, we're meant to love ourselves because we're amazing. We're children of the living God. We're made in his image. He knows us by name. He knows every single hair on our head, and he thinks we're absolutely awesome. But we're meant to love the person next to us just as we love and think about ourselves. And if you think for a minute what the world would be like if we actually all did that. And so Jesus comes and says, whatever your presenting issue is, great, fine, but I've come for a bigger thing. I want to root out sin in you, and I want to bring you into relationship with me, and I want to heal you and restore you and bring wholeness to you. And the Pharisees in the story look at Jesus and they're like, What is he just doing? Because only God can forgive sins. And they know that. And they know that in that moment, Jesus is doing something that only God can do, have authority to forgive sins. And so in this passage, Jesus, yes, I am God. I have authority to forgive sins. And so you know that I will also demonstrate my power and I will heal this man. And so he says to the man, get up and walk, take your mat, off you go. And the man leaps up and rejoices in God and goes away completely healed. Now, healing is an amazing thing. It demonstrates God's power. And whenever we see it today, we're meant to be like, wow, it's a foretaste of what's to come. My best uh, leg healing story I have comes from when I was a child in church. We had a lady in our church who had one leg that was slightly shorter than the other. And although it wasn't very much, that had a massive impact on her hip and on her back. And at the end of one service, somebody gave a word and she felt like she should come and ask for prayer for healing. And uh, she lay down at the end and most people had cleared off from church. A little group of us stayed and we laid hands on her legs and we prayed for her. And as we prayed, her leg grew. What do you think the effect of that miracle was? It was massive. Her unbelieving husband came to faith. It was huge. It was amazing for us because we were like, wow, we've seen something of God's power. That's amazing. But what's even more amazing is that he forgives us enough to call us his friends, to woo us into close partnership, into deep relationship with him. And that's the primary thing Jesus is about. So if you've been a Christian for a while, you will know that you will have prayed for people who, as of yet, we may not have seen their physical healing. And some that we do, and it's a great mystery, and we talk about it as Christians. Why? And I'm like, God, seriously, that person deserved it, and they, you haven't, and this person, really, you've healed them? All right, then. But <laughs> God knows what he's doing and what he's about. Healing will ultimately come in eternity for all of us when we're given our fresh new bodies. Even if God does a miraculous healing like he did for my friend and her leg grew, she's still going to go through old age and decay. And eventually in this life, she will pass. When he gives the gift of healing, it's a wonderful thing. It's, it's meant to inspire us, to strengthen our faith. It's meant to bring us to a place of praise. It does bring salvation often too because it's just incredible as people recognize the power of God. 
But the deeper thing Jesus is always about is, son, your sins are forgiven. My ministry is about restoring you for an eternity to play a part and be in the kingdom of God forever. And so as we continue as a church, the passion I have is just to keep things really simple. We're about introducing people to this Jesus. We're about explaining the need for Jesus to forgive us and about helping each other continue to grow in our relationship with Jesus. And it's as simple as that. We've got some ideas about how we'd like to get better at that and how we'd like to do that. And we'd like to do that together and something that you guys can continue talking about in small groups. Been talking about how we can, you know, make things more accessible in the service, what bits we might want to explain better, how we might want to worship, how we might want to do things. And we'd love your, your input and your ideas. So do be um, feeding those in. But Jesus is here tonight. And... Um, the first act of this, this paralyzed man was to lay at Jesus' feet. And I think tonight there's probably a number of us that just need to lay at Jesus' feet and let Jesus just minister to us.